It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adrian Prasenko, we'll have him up very shortly. He's the chief rugby lead, uh, rugby league writer for the Sydney Morning Herald. We're talking about the run home to the NRL finals. Um, there's probably a few on the cusp of the eight, probably a couple on the cusp of the four. But just from what he's seen and squad depth, strength of um, defences, enterprise on attack, all of those stats, all of those stats, very, very important. Now, he's across this game more than most. So we'll go through a few of the teams with him. Uh, and Brad Melander, he's a Kiwi breeder, uh, Kiwi born, Aussie raised, and he's just won the um, Lynn Ryan Young Achiever Award at the Breeders Awards. I think it was in the weekend. And um, they're about, they must be getting close to breeding season, I would imagine pretty close to the breeding season, so we'll catch up with him during the show as well. But do do not hesitate to just text me, double eight double three, uh, the Temper Bear Post text machine. Um, your thoughts about the FIFA Women's World Cup, if you're enjoying it. One and a half million tickets sold, so they've hit it. How long have we been going? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, seven days, seventh day, so six days of competition, and they've hit their ticket sale target already, which is just brilliant. It is just brilliant. Um, and I thought it would gain momentum once you know, once we, uh, once we, it got underway, particularly here in New Zealand. We're quite reactive, and I don't mind that. That's just the way we are. Just the way we are. Um, and I'm also keen to get your top fours, top eights. You can text those through or call us up as well because um, we it, it's quite hard to figure out. But uh, there's some teams that are definitely going to make the top. Some that are definitely going to drop out the bottom, but it's that sort of middle eight or so teams that we really want to drill down. And so we've got the man who's across it all, but it's still probably no easier for him. He's the chief rugby league writer for the Sydney Morning Herald. Appreciate his time joining us today in New Zealand. Adrian Prasenko joins us. G'day, Adrian. G'day. Thanks very much for having me. It's uh, it's, it's this time of year. Well, we do it all year, don't we? When um, Particularly us Warriors fans over here, can we sneak into the eight? Now we're saying, can we sneak into the four? And then after that golden point, when can we win a title? Uh, but every club <laughs> fan base will be exactly the same at this time of year. Well, well, there's no reason to suggest that the Warriors can't be a contender and, you know, just about every week they're, um, you know, they're playing to, to packed crowds at home. It was interesting. I covered a Warriors game a few weeks ago when they played Parramatta at uh, Bankwest Stadium, uh, or Combank Stadium, sorry, I should say. And the most incredible thing happened, and obviously it was a night where, you know, both clubs have a long association with uh, Daniel Anderson and they were raising Mm. some money and he was um, one of the special guests there. But a Warriors chant came, (laughs) it sort of rung across (laughs) Paris Stadium late in the second half and not only do they have this, you know, contingent of fans at home, that they've even got some that are on the road. And I think that there's sort of a, a latent fan base there. I think for a lot of supporters, the Warriors are, are everyone's second favourite team over here just because of the sacrifices they made during COVID. So 
you know, the way they're playing, um, you know, they're on 28 competition points. They're only four off the lead. Um, they're a massive chance of, of potentially nabbing a, a home final. Yeah, there's heaps of us Kiwis living in Australia. We've always noticed a big fan base uh, when we play the Broncos or any of the Queensland teams because um, if you leave New Zealand, uh, one of your first choices is better weather. So I guess the Gold Coast and Brisbane sort of tick that box. But I feel like the other New Zealanders who are maybe sort of casual rugby league fans, sports fans are seeing how good the Warriors are going. And I think they're turning up to games in Sydney now. Yeah, absolutely, and that that was the case with the the match that I covered. And um, yeah, look, it's 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 fascinating now because we're we're through that origin period, and all of a sudden we're starting to see some injured, injured stars come back at a time that's really crucial for all teams. So yeah, we'll have our team list Tuesday over here, and uh, probably the the big one will be Latrell Mitchell's um, inclusion in a South Sydney side. We haven't seen him for a while. Um, you know, the Roosters could potentially be getting some troops back with Victor Radley coming back from a hamstring. And there's there's news that, that Sam Walker could be back before the end of the season. There were some fears that his knee injury could um, keep him out. Uh, Dylan Brown will be back for Parramatta next week. Um, Charlie Staines comes back from a perforated bow for um, West Tigers. And all of a sudden, like I, I look at the competition table and... You know, one of the, the premiership chances is South Sydney. They're not in the top eight at the moment. They're coming ninth on percentages. You've got Parramatta, who were last year's grand finalists, just, you know, clinging on to for dear life um, in eighth spot as they prepare to face the storm. Um, so I, I would say that basically anyone up to 13th spot, and the Dolphins are in that position now, still have a chance, you know, technically of making the eight. The Dolphins are only one win outside the top eight. So any team that goes on a run can can sort of sneak into a top eight or even a top four spot. And conversely, you have a, a couple of bad weeks, maybe a, a poor fortnight of football, and, um, you know, your finals chances are gone. I mean, look, uh, the importance of the bye too, because <clears throat> as far as the points table goes, it's a guaranteed win as far as... Um, competition points still with a buy up their sleeve are the Broncos the Warriors this weekend so we're guaranteed to go to 30 points um, but the Panthers the Storm the Raiders the Sharks the Knights Seagulls the Roosters the, and the Dolphins they've all had their three buys so it's just a sneaky little maybe not the ace of hearts maybe the queen of hearts up the sleeves of those teams with a buy still to come yeah, absolutely. And the, the fascinating thing is that there's probably a clump of about almost six teams, I'd say, that could either make the top four or miss out altogether on the top eight. I mean, <laughs> look, at, look at, for instance, like the, the Sharks. Like, you know, um, I wrote something on the weekend about how they're flat-track boys. They beat all the teams they're expected to beat, um, but they have all of these struggles against, you know, top eight sides and They've only won as many, over the last five years, they've only won as many games against top eight sides as West Tigers have. Um, and it's just this incredible anomaly where they've been in three final series over that time. So I, I can't recall in my time covering the game a, a competition ladder that's, that's tight and condensed. And so many teams, that their season could go either way depending on what happens in the next few weeks. I always go back to that old adage in sport, and it can be any sport, and it is attack 
wins games, defence wins championships. Now, the Sharks have scored the most points of any team in the competition this year, and they're in sixth. The Panthers have conceded the least, and they're in first. And I think that adage is, is ringing true. And you mentioned the Sharks. The Sharks and the Cowboys, you know how they, how elevators work? They have a big weight and the elevator itself, and they pass each other. That's what's happening with these two. The Cowboys, they are flying. What a run they're on. Yeah, and again, you know, probably a month ago, they were in spoon contention. Yeah. You know, everyone had ridden them off. Um, you know, people were sort of thinking, you know, have has the bubble burst there? They've been obviously up for a while um, early in the season. And the interesting thing with the Cowboys is that they, the amount of energy that they've had to exert after a poor start to climb back into the, the top eight, they're now in seventh spot. Um, will that come back to bite them in the back, back into the season? And you know that's that's the sort of thing that we're we're watching with with Ernest and obviously even even the Newcastle Knights like you know three or four weeks ago Adam O'Brien was a dead man walking and all of a sudden they're you know one win outside of the the eight and of course they're on 23 competition points as are Manly they had that um, sort of thrilling uh, draw earlier in the season and given that the for and against is so crucial just having that one extra competition point could be vital for, for either of those sides as they try to squeeze their way into that log jam in the eight. So safe in the eight, you could probably, well, Panthers, Broncos, safe in the eight, probably yep. the Warriors, the Storm, maybe the Raiders. So let's go Raiders, Sharks, Cowboys, Eels, and all those ones down to 13, as you say. Who's yep. going to, can, can, can you sort of forecast the cusp ones, sort of seven, eight, nine, ten, that they're going to be vying for amongst those clubs. Yeah, I think. Look, I've been disappointed in the Rabbitohs the last few weeks, but you know they do get Latrell back. I think they're one of the teams that will climb into the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, at whose expense? I think Cronulla are vulnerable. I think the Raiders. Um, they've got a you know middling sort of sort of draw as they come into the the, the top the last couple of games. So. I could possibly see one of those two sides missing out. Parramatta's vulnerable, um, especially given that they've got the suspension to Regan Campbell-Gillard and also Micah Sivo. They do get Dylan Brown uh, next week, but there's just you know very, very little room for error for them, just given that they lost all of those um, games early in the season. So, honestly, it's, it's so hard to tell. Um, I know that Parramatta have got a, a bye in the last round, but you know they've they're one of those teams that could go either way, as are, you know, Cowboys, Sharks, Raiders, even Storm. Well, you could be, in, they're currently in the top four, but, you know, again, they play, a, they've got a tough one against Parramatta. They lose that and all of a sudden they're out the back door. So <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's exactly what you want the salary cap to be doing to equalising talent. I think the other big talent equaliser is the state of origin period where the, the better teams lose their players and sometimes they come back to the field a little bit, although we didn't really see that so much um, during the sort of six weeks of the origin period. Um, But it's just set itself up for a wonderful season. And I sort of hope that even if the Tigers can win a couple of games, and I I dare say that that probably won't happen, but just to make that battle right at the bottom really thrilling as well, 
that would be the, the perfect way to finish off the season. We're talking to Adrian Prasenko, Chief Rugby League writer of the Sydney Morning Herald. One of the most exciting teams to watch for me at the moment. I love their fan base. I love it when they get it right. And you touched on them before, Newcastle Knights. They are... 10th, they're one point out of the eight. They do have the Raiders this weekend. Um, I just love watching the Knights. Yeah, absolutely. And it was sort of fascinating too in that over here there was so much of a, uh, I wouldn't say it was an uproar, but certainly some eyebrows were raised when Bradman Best was selected for Origin 3 and um, he combined so beautifully with Katie Walker, who's arguably the, the best tri-setter-upper in the game at the moment. And he's continued that form in the last couple of weeks. We all know about uh, what Kalen Ponga can do as well. Um, you know, Jackson Hastings has been solid. Uh, you know, the Saifidi brothers as well. Like, it's all of a sudden, it, it's just incredible how quickly you can gain momentum or lose it. And, and they're a team with momentum. And I dare say they're, they're probably one of the teams that are um, in form sort of coming down this stretch. One thing before we go, I wanted to ask you about the looming or not looming, not much talked about, no one knows much about the potential of a strike, the potential of boycotts of Dally M awards. Is this going to get resolved sooner rather than later? Because we're getting to an important time of the season. Yeah, we're also at a, a point in the season where rugby league's competing against a lot of other sports. So we've got, um, yeah, we just had Wimbledon uh, and Tour de France have just finished. We've had, uh, you know, the, the FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, we've got the Ashes. There's a lot of sport going on um, over here at the moment. Of, and, of course, the, the, the blood as well as well. So I, I think rugby league can be complacent and, and just sort of think we're always going to be on the back page. We're always going to be the first story on the sports news at six o'clock at night but there's a lot of other stuff going on and it's I think it's quite harmful that the players aren't promoting the game as, as much as is usually the case we're now hearing that there's talk of a potential M boycott and that hasn't happened for 20 years and and probably the biggest casualty in in that whole debacle was Craig Gower who we all thought would be crowned the Dallium Player of the Year in 2003, but that was never awarded. So it's sort of one that they've been the hand that feeds them in terms of snubbing the broadcasters. And this is sort of, um, you know, also it probably affects the players more than anyone if they, if they choose this action. So um, they haven't been able to get the NRL back at the table. And my understanding is that the parties aren't actually that far apart. The, the things that they're arguing about, it's, it's minutiae that we're talking about now. So... Look, it's just, it's been 20 months. It's embarrassing for the game and damaging. And and, the sooner it's resolved, the better. Yeah, we had a listener text in last week saying someone needs to park their ego. And just hearing you saying there that they're pretty, they're pretty close. Who who does need to buckle? Who who is being unreasonable? Because we're not even 100% sure. I mean, I've listened to uh, the players' representative. on various podcasts and radio shows and TV shows, and he comes across as, we're just being reasonable. They're not talking to us. Are we hearing the full story from both sides? Oh, it's really difficult because you're hearing each side is putting their own spin on it. And and I think the latest was that the suggestion was that, you know, there's no doubt that Andrew Abdo and Quint Newton don't get on and they've been butting heads against each other for a long time. I think the NRL was saying, look, let's get someone fresh at the table. Um, and I think the 
RLPA have sort of balked at that and said, well, you can't tell us who's going to negotiate. But it, it just seems like we've been going round and round in circles. Um, you know, Peter Volandis is only a couple of weeks back or a week or so back from an overseas holiday. I dare say that he'll inject himself um, into this next sort of round of negotiations if they are to, to take place. But, you know, both of them have got to just, you know, put the game first and, and, and you know, park the ego for a while because it's just... I think it's embarrassing. We're talking about doing all of these things in rugby league, like going to Las Vegas and um, you know tapping into a potentially lucrative market, and we still haven't got a CBA done. It's just got to get done, and we've got to move forward. Brilliant. All right, buddy. I really appreciate you chatting to us today. Um, it's. I was going to say none the wiser, but I feel a little bit the wiser. I think we're sort of in agreement <laughs> that Canberra might struggle. The Sharks are potentially in free fall, but they do have a reserve shoot. Uh, whether they can use it or not, I'm not sure, but um, up the mighty warriors, eh? Absolutely. Enjoy. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, buddy. There he is. Uh, great rugby league man, Adrian Prasenko, chief rugby league writer for the Sydney Morning Herald Games this weekend. Whew, um, normally a blockbuster when the Broncos host the Roosters, but the Roosters have been a little bit off lately. They sit on 12th. Um, no one, as Adrian said, and I wonder if you agree, Sammy, that 13th and better, better, have got a chance to make the eight. Um, and you said to me earlier this morning, you think the Bron- on the run home um, to the end of the round robin, the Broncos and the Panthers have got a trip-up match mm-hmm. somewhere along the line. Yep. Broncos Roosters, is that a potential foot trip? Oh, no, I think there's another one in there. Um, is it the Cowboys the Broncos play? Yeah. So I think that one's one that I think the Broncos trip on. There's another game as well where the Broncos play. It's just, it's the games like, and I'm, I'd have to go back and look through the schedule, but, you know, like a Raiders-Broncos where you think that the Broncos are favourites, but you can see the Raiders with how they play getting up and doing something special. One thing I do recommend, Steph, and, and I just, you know, the NRL does so many things right for, for the fans and for engagement. Jump on the NRL ladder predictor, and it's a good time to do it now because there's not a lot of rounds to go. There's no point doing it, you know, in round 10. But now that we're in round 22, jump on the NRL ladder predictor. You pick all the results from each weekend, and it and it does the ladder for you. Um, I think no matter what you sort of pick, the, the Warriors and the Broncos end up in two and three. Which order that is, whether it's Broncos two and us three or other way around, I think we play the Broncos in round one. Of the finals. I don't think it's that scary. I'd rather that than Penrith or the Cowboys, Mm. to be honest. Um, Or even the Storm. We've got a lot of bogey teams in that top eight, the Warriors, or challenging for the top eight. Like the Rabbitohs are a bogey team for us. The Storm are a massive bogey team for us. I mean, Penrith are just Penrith. So I'd almost take the Broncos. Um, Certainly would take any of the others in terms of the Raiders. Um, Yeah, if the Eels were in there, take them as well. But yeah, jump on the ladder predictor. It's a, it's a lot of fun predicting it. Um, I really think, um, Steph, the, the top six or seven are pretty much going to stay there. It's the eighth position. That's the big one. You have the Eels, you have the Sharks, you have the Knights, probably the Seagulls I had, all fighting I did, for that I did eighth the spot. predictor this morning. You came out, I had the Knights in eighth, didn't mm, I? Yeah. And I have a mate who, who put them in eighth. I just think the Knights slip up a couple of times too on the run home, and they can't afford to. They have to basically win every game to make the eight, but I mm. do see them losing a couple, so... Beautiful. Well, uh, another Sam has sent us through his eight. We'll get to that uh, very soon. Uh, get your predicted top eight. Do the NRL predictor. Just Google NRL predictor and up, up it pops and you just pick the winner of each game. It's quite quite entertaining, actually. It is quite entertaining. Double eight, double three, or you can give us a call 0800 150 811.